Here I sit, brokenhearted, tried to podcast, but only farted. Once upon a midnight dream. <laughs> My name is Darian. I'm back from my Thanksgiving break. Thank you guys very much for bearing with me. I did take the week off. I apologize. I knew. I know. I know what you're saying. You're saying, Darian, you son of a bitch. You told us you were going to put something up from the Patreon feed and you failed to do so. And you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I did. And I apologize. Um, Motherfucking Thanksgiving family issues, dude. (laughs) I'll spare you the gory details, but... uh, Ay, ay, ay. Boy, am I glad that shit's over with. Uh, how was your guys' Thanksgiving? Everything cool? Did you have some turkey? I hope you did. Uh, I hope you had... I had the, I had a turkey. I had a... Uh, what do you call uh Brisket and a ham. I had way... T- I got a full fucking refrigerator of leftovers. And for all of our international listeners out there, I know you guys probably don't do Thanksgiving. Or maybe you have like some kind of a other rendition of it. What Canadians have like a Boxing Day or something like that? Some kind of a uh, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do up there. Do they box each other? They go to the UPS store and buy a bunch of boxes. I don't know. Uh, but what we do here in the United States is we basically stuff ourselves to the gills with uh, food. At not the best, not the healthiest food either. Stuffing turkey. Uh, sweet potatoes. Um, what else did we have there? Uh, uh, like a a cornucopia of different high fat desserts, um, and then you slip into a food coma uh, for the next two days while you attempt to watch football games. That that's an American tradition right there. Uh, so there's that. Uh, if you're at my house, there's going to be some family drama flying around, and boy, was there some this year. <laughs> I'll spare you the details uh, But now, my friends Here comes another kick in the fucking face December has arrived Are you ready for goddamn Christmas? And all the pain and misery that it brings <laughs> How about New Year's Eve? Are you ready for your first DUI yet? Or maybe your second or third or fifth? I don't know what you're up to Alright, enough about me being a curmudgeon Buddy is not here uh, He's still at work Monica, I did see over the break, uh, we went and had her birthday party and did some escape rooms. A lot of fun, those fucking things. Unless you're too drunk, as Monica found out the hard way. Don't get too hammered before you go into the escape room. 
Couple of drinks, okay. Uh, maybe go to the liquor store and do some, uh, you know, some pocket rockets in the parking lot like you're a 16-year-old again. And then go in. But you got to maintain in the escape room, man. She might still be in there. If it wasn't for us, you know, a few of us at least, maintaining some level of sobriety. Uh, we are going to wish her a happy Thanksgiving and hope she gets back to us soon. I don't think she is, man. She's got a whole a whole family explosion happening on her and with the dogs and the mom and the husband in and out of town. Who knows? Uh, I got a regular uh, show to do here, though, folks. I got movies to talk about. I got listener mail to respond to. I got horror news. I got the whole goddamn thing. I did. Can you believe it? I'm actually somewhat prepared this week because I had two weeks <laughs> to get ready for this one. So what do you say we kick things off with a little of the old horror news there, inmates? Horror news. Oh, yeah. Are you guys ready for a second season of Chucky on the Sci-Fi Channel? Uh, This thing is blowing up, my friends. I have yet to see an episode, but I'm not a Chucky kind of a guy. And I'm definitely not a sci-fi guy. Um... Apparently, it's it's uh, really getting some, some viewers, so they went ahead and greenlit a second season of Chucky. So we'll be seeing that uh, probably well into the 2028s, for all I know. They don't have a lot going on over on the Sci-Fi Channel. Is there any good Sci-Fi shows on presently uh, besides Chucky, apparently? I can't, I can't think of any. Not since Channel Zero, anyway, right? Did I miss something? Oh, uh, what was that? World, uh, not World War Z, Z Day. That was supposed to be something. What else we got here? PETA. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. You know the name. Yeah, they're, they, well, they are what they are. Uh, they have launched a fake clothing line made of human leather. So there's that. You can't, it's not actually made from human skin, obviously. In fact, you can't even buy this shit. It's basically just a fake online storefront over at the PETA website, and uh, what you can do there, you can't buy anything. All you can do is browse different clothing items that appear to be uh, made out of human flesh. Uh, the clothing items do not exist. You can't actually buy anything there. Uh, there is a contribution link at the bottom if you'd like to send a couple dollars to PETA. I don't care to. They've really devolved into a borderline terrorist group over the, the last decade or so, right? Hanging out outside of Macy's and throwing blood at people. Fuck that. Uh, What else we got here? Are you ready for a Wormwood sequel? You remember Wormwood, Road of the Damned? It was great. Uh, Australian zombie apocalypse. uh, 2015, I believe. Very heavy on the sporting goods. A lot of uh, catcher's masks and uh, shoulder pads, football shoulder pads, uh, lacrosse paraphernalia. I don't know what you call those stick things with the nets, but uh, a lot of those things flying around. Uh, Finally, we're getting a sequel to that. If you recall, I'm sure you've seen it. If you'll recall, the really hot chick uh, got like half bit by a zombie, if I remember right, and she somehow learned how to control the zombies at the end, and they were going to go after the Umbrella Corporation or whatever they called that thing. So now we're finally getting the follow-up to that. Trailers are up on Bloody Disgusting. 
it looks pretty good. If you if you like the first one, I think you're going to like this one, judging by the trailer. It looks batshit crazy. Lots of zombie action. Probably some slapstick humor in there, just like we had in the first one. It's all good. I'm into it. I like that show, Wormwood. Um, I'm ready for... I was ready for another one like three years ago, you know? 2018. They've been talking about this for a while. Uh, the, the trailer looks pretty good, but I'm going to be equally, if not more so pissed off if it's, you know, some kind of a lovey touchy feely kind of a thing. Cause I didn't sign up for that shit, my friends, and neither did you. And together <laughs> we will collectively take a shit on this sequel before we even see it. <laughs> Spoken like a true horror hipster. I'm not taking a shit on it. I'm excited to see it. It looks good. Uh, Bruce Campbell, you know, that guy. He has tweeted that the new Evil Dead movie coming out next year, Evil Dead Rise, is going to be dark and very serious. So, look out. Dark and very serious. What, what, is, what do you suppose that means? Well, I mean, if you think about it, Fede Alvarez's uh, remake slash whatever that you want to call that, um, that didn't have a lot of humor in it, and it was pretty dark too, man. That was they, they fucked some nar- they fucked some shit up in that one. So I like that. Uh, I you know if you watch the first Evil Dead movie, that is a horror film. You know what I mean? Evil Dead Two, ah, eh, it's it's a horror, but it's just so fucking full of Three Stooges humor that you can't help but chuckle. I, you really didn't get any of that in Evil Dead One. I don't think. Except maybe for laughing at Scott because he made such a vagina out of himself. I don't know. Uh, either way, I'm looking forward to it. I love me some Evil Dead. Uh, I don't think Bruce Campbell is going to be in this one. I think he's just like executive producing or something like that. Uh, we have a Lovecraftian cyberpunk horror game called Transient. Uh, it looks pretty good. It's already out on Steam, but I've not played it because I'm too lazy to figure out what Steam is. Uh, it's arriving on consoles December 8th. With an extended uh, uh, version. So there's going to be like some extra missions or whatever. I'm into it. You had me at Lovecraft. You gave me a bit of a chubby uh, with the cyberpunk thing. I saw some screenshots of this thing. It looks pretty good. All I need now is uh, a couple hours here and there to play video games, which I do not have. So if only I had the time to sit down and play some of these goddamn things, I might actually enjoy my life <laughs> for a minute or two. I'm kidding. I'm not depressed or suicidal or anything. I enjoy my life quite a bit. That, my friends, is all I have on the horror news. I think it's time for some listener mail. A little overdue, if I'm not mistaken. Listener mail. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do we got here? We got emails. We got some voicemails. We got a few things going off. Why don't we start things off uh, all the way over in Tokyo, Japan? Here comes Lonely Bob himself. Kevin is in the house. Subject line, votes. Hey, Padded Room Gang. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving holiday with plenty of food and not much family arguments. Well, <laughs> I appreciate the well wishes, Kevin. Unfortunately, 
We had a lot of everything. And I mean everything. <laughs> In votes, Syl versus the werewolf. I vote for Syl. God damn it. The alien shall seduce the werewolf into bed where she shall make short, short work of him. Kevin at Lonely Bob. I don't think so, Kevin. I mean, I'm going to give you your votes, but I don't see how that makes a lick of sense to you. When have you ever seen a werewolf mate? Not a wolf, mind you, but a werewolf, i.e. in full transition or whatever you want to call it. They, I, don't, I don't think they do that, man. I think they just hunt. Although, I suppose an argument could be made because they're giving in to their most animal instincts. Oh, God, excuse me. <laughs> I got to quit drinking these sprites. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that would make sense, but he's not a, he's not, he's not a D-bag. You know, the werewolf. Look at look at the type of dudes that Syl would go home with. Uh, you remember in Species, the first Species, there was that fuck face in the Ferrari? Yeah. that that, that I don't think Syl would really want anything to do with a werewolf because he's probably stinky. And uh, but maybe she might because, you know, animal. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm slowly talking myself into voting for Syl, which I'm not going to do. No, Kevin, your Jedi mind trick did not work on me. Uh, let's see here. Since we're already international, let's bang it on up to London, England. Here comes the horror slut herself. Cat is in the house. Subject line, girl power. Good afternoon, gents. Hopefully you all had a lovely and safe holiday. I'll start with Terra Dome. It is almost a fair fight, I think, but still has an advantage that might have been overlooked. She has a tail that she uses as a weapon. I do believe that both would fight tooth and claw and rather viciously, but her tail would give her an edge, along with how quickly she learns and adapts so she gets my vote. Now, I did get a few much-needed days off and had a bit of a movie marathon, mostly 80s movies. I think for Educate, you are Flesh Eater. Fuck! Cat! God damn it! I had to listen to the clues again after watching it as the thought... It was fam- as the thought as I thought it was familiar, not at me while watching it. He <laughs> he. Also, didn't catch the movie you will be covering, but I'm sure I'll enjoy the show in the morning. Hope you have a great night, cat. I didn't think anybody would get the flesh eater. I th- I could have swore I was the only person in the known universe that had seen this movie, uh, but cat got it. So there you have it, cat. You nailed it. Fucking fuck. You know what's weird about that movie? Now that I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent. Uh, Bill Heinzman, who, his only claim to fame, he wrote, directed, and pseudo-starred in Flesh Eater. His only claim to fame was that he was the very first zombie you saw in Night of the Living Dead. You know what I'm talking about? The one in the graveyard. They're coming to get you, Barbara. And that platinum blonde guy strolls up into, into frame. That was Bill Heinzman. Now, a little fun fact for you here about Flesh Eater, and if you watch that movie like I think you just did, Cat, you'll notice that there's a lot of unnecessary nude female uh, scenes, and they drag on a bit, too. Not that I'm complaining, but something else you might have noticed, Cat, is that Bill Heinzman, who played the main zombie in that movie, is the only guy in those scenes with those nude ladies, and he gets very touchy-feely with them. <laughs> Uh, just saying, that's a bit of a thing, and, uh, 
You know, I read that on the IMDb trivia for Flesh Eater, and after I didn't notice it when I watched the movie the first time, but watching it after I read that, ah, it's uh, I see what you're doing there, Bill. I see what you're doing, Bill. You fucking pervo. Well, he's not a pervo. He's just a horny guy, I guess. But still, I see what he did. All right, Cat. Thanks for writing in. Your votes are locked. Let's get right back here to. Reno, Nevada, here comes the cowboy. Subject line, turkey, tentacles, and solo show. Evening padded room, hope everyone is doing well. Had a great or at least pleasant Thanksgiving. Pretty sure it's another solo show unless you found a surprise guest. But either way, I still enjoy the solo shows. Thank you very much, cowboy. Uh, Like I said, I can't not do this anymore, so there's that. My Thanksgiving was pretty good, even with working Saturday, but I did smoke a 23-pound turkey and an 11-pound ham, which both turned out great. Plus, with mom being a baker, we had seven pies. Jesus, fuck. Uh, How big is your family, cowboy? God damn, man. You feeding the whole neighborhood or what? Terra Dome, this is a no-brainer. As Syl is my horse, I do think this is a great matchup and mostly evenly matched. Wolfman, Wolfman is fight or flight with human mentality still, while Syl is fight, flight, or fuck with very alien mentalities. Just with those points, I think, makes it an even fight, but Syl has something extra that the Wolfman doesn't. She has tentacles that she uses as weapons that I think would give her an edge in the fight, and in a human form, she's far sexier. Well... Yeah, I mean, Natasha Henstridge versus, um, what's uh, Lon Chaney Jr. or Benicio Del Toro. Uh, really, I mean, come on now. Educate. Now, this is funny because I was just talking to a friend about this movie and I rewatched it recently. Your Flesh Eater from 1988. Ha <laughs> ha. I don't think you mentioned what movie for this week, so I think we'll be surprised. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Well, it's funny you bring that up, Cowboy, uh, this week's movie. Originally, we had, we had planned on House on the Edge of the Park. Um, turns out, that fucking movie is a lot harder to find than you would think it would be. Uh, it's, uh, what, 1987, I think? David Hess. It's basically a, a kind of an upscale version of um, uh, Last House on the Left. But goddamn, we couldn't find it anywhere, man. I thought I could have swore it was public domain. So I thought we'd be nothing to, to dig it up on YouTube or any number of Roku channels. It is nowhere to be found. So we had to switch at the last minute. Buddy picked the movie under the pretense that he was going to be here tonight. Motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, no, now we're doing something completely different. We're doing MFA, Masters of Fine Arts. It's going to make sense in a minute. But first, we've got uh, a voicemail here. Let's jump into that, shall we? All right, straight down to the dirty south. Here comes the master P of people that call into the podcast. It's Mr. Allen of the Cha-Cha. Padded Room, what's up? What's up, Allen? Uh, Terradome, give me the... um... Wolfman. Thank you. And daring more flesh eater. Fuck. Once you start talking about Bill Heinzman, that rang all the bells. God. I hope everybody's doing good. Damn it. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I just found that movie, uh, Tyranny, the, the Pulp, Jenny's Pulse, at the Dollar Store. Oh, very and cool. So I picked it up. I had never seen it before, but, you know, you 
gave it a lot of high praise. Uh, I did. Decided I needed to check it out, and it was a bug. It was a bug. That's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. I don't think he was impressed. I don't think he was impressed at all. <laughs> I mean, when he when he, you ask him uh, what he thought of the movie, and he's like, "Well, it was a dollar." <laughs> I, I don't think he liked it one bit. He's not known for his taste in uh, J horror, though. To be honest with you, he hates J horror. I don't know why. Uh, there is some wacky shit out there in the J horror side, but I rather enjoyed it myself. That's just me. Uh, sorry, Alan, if you want, I'll send you a dollar and then we'll call it even, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, but thank you for calling in, sir. Your votes are locked and that is it. That's all we got on the listener mail. Thank you very much, Alan, Cowboy, Cat, Kevin. You guys are wonderful. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. If you have something that you want to say to me, if you want to vote for the Terror Dome, if you want to, uh, tell us what movies you watch, weigh in on immersion therapy. Uh, tell me, you know, uh, what your, uh, I don't know, Zodiac sign is. That's, I don't really give a shit, but I'm, I'd love to hear it either way. The mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get me on the email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. I have not updated that email for 10 years now. And I am past the 10-year mark here in the padded room. That email has not changed once, so there's that. Uh, thank you guys for calling in, writing in. Your Pterodome votes are locked. It's time to get into a fucking movie here, dudes. It's, we're, still, we're, we're about to close out Rape Revenge Month. And um, I, I, I'm okay with that, dude. I'm okay with that. Because, the, dude, these movies kind of weigh on you after a while. You can only see so many, you know unconsensual sexual encounters uh with dudes you know jumping jumping all over a young lady and then knowing that you know most of i mean it's cool because you know most of them are going to meet some untimely demise but still ah all right yeah enough about that uh here we go mfa what are you thinking for your thesis exhibition? I'm hoping that it invites the viewer to look closer at the emotion that's not typical. Yeah, we're not noticing emotion. Let's jump in the deep end this year. Can I uh, see what you're doing? Cool, I like this a lot. So my roommates and I are having a party tonight. You want to come? Look at you, hot stuff. You're meeting someone special. There's this guy that I don't even know if he's into. Hi. I actually feel like I might be moving away from painting. But you're so good. Are you sure that you said no and that he heard you? No. You told me you said wait. How much did you have to drink, Noelle? Something similar happened to our friends. She told the school. They told her she was crazy. I want you to say you're sorry. <gasps> did you see Luke last night? Yeah. How long did you stay? Don't let it ruin the rest of your life. I'm sorry to just show up like this. Your story has really inspired me. Your thesis is about my rapists. Not just yours. Mine too. You're here all by yourself? Not anymore. Did you try to take advantage of me? I know you Meet a boy. Something like that. 
for both those in every case left brain. It's not your responsibility. The cops, they are not protecting us. Every one of me, Detective, I'm guessing there are a few who never even tried. Why don't you start there? You break the law, there's going to be consequences. I guess it depends on which law you break. MFA, which stands for Masters of Fine Arts. Uh, from 2017, this one got six stars on IMDb, is directed by Natalie Late, written by Leah McKendrick. It stars Francesca, Francesca or Francesca, Francesca Eastwood, Clifton Collins Jr. and Leah McKendrick, the writer. Um, we're in rape revenge town here, kids. So that being said, this isn't much of a break from the standard rape revenge formula. You know what I mean? It starts off with rape. It rounds the corner nicely into revenge, and uh, that's that, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. That's about that's that's what we're that's what we're doing all month. So, and that's pretty much the formula that these movies follow. For a second there, though, towards the end, and I'll get to this in a second. I thought we might be just taking a different turn, but then we didn't. We got kind of course corrected and ended up right where we were supposed to be but that's fine uh we're gonna start off at art school what the fuck and now if anything my friends i feel like this movie in its entirety is one giant commercial for trade school or military service really it just gave me a hundred thousand reasons not to send my kids to college and to be thankful that i didn't go to college either especially Art school. Fuck me. Are you serious? I mean, I've no offense to any of my artist friends out there, but like, art is supposed to be subjective, right? It's like in the eye of the observer. So how does one teach that? But some, I don't know. I don't, and the, this movie did no favors for anybody thinking of going to art school or any professors. Everybody in this movie is a giant douchebag. Everybody with a penis. And this movie, with the exception of maybe the police officers, are giant cocks. And I mean that in more sense than, than you would think. Um, anyway, we're going to start off in art school with our main character. Uh, her name is no Noelle. She's played by Francesca Eastwood. Now, this is Clint Eastwood's daughter. I don't know who her mother is, but goddamn. I tell you what, my friends, I think Francesca Eastwood just made her way onto my uh, celebrity sex list. Uh, granted, she wants nothing to do with me. In fact, I found out she's actually married to Clifton Collins Jr. And that guy is a lucky guy. And we're going to find out why here in a few minutes. She is banging hot, my friends. Um, at the beginning of the movie, she plays like the awkward art student and she's basically being picked on by her professor because uh they were the class was doing like a nude uh caricature and they had a nude model come in and basically noelle's uh portrait didn't really portray any of the nudity and i guess the the professor who happens to be a dude uh took some kind of umbrage with that thus called her out in front of the class and made her feel like a giant piece of shit 
Uh, especially considering that there's a guy in the class, a guy that she's kind of into, an equally douche nozzle uh, by the name of Luke. And this guy is doing his best Skeet Ulrich impersonation, just turning up the douchiness to like a level 10. But what else would you expect from an art school guy? You know what I mean? Some dude in an art school. Yeah, this guy's a real fuckface, and he's like, you know, Noel, I just don't know if I like what you're doing with like the the present, the negative space in the portrait. So it's, it's I kind of see why he kind of picked on you a little bit. He is a fuckface, and it's almost hard. I mean, obviously, things are good. This guy's going to be our rapist if you haven't already figured it out. And it's it's kind of hard for me to believe that because I felt like. Noelle could have easily uh, overpowered this clown and kicked the shit out of him if she wanted to. All right, we'll get to that in a second. So Noelle's all uh, butthurt because the professor picked on her because he's a fuckhead. And uh, now she's all even more butthurt because her her boy crush uh, also kind of shat on her because he's a fuckhead also. So she's moody and droning on. We get to see her home life. Uh, she's got to work on... I guess it's like a master's showing where she has to like do a painting and that's going to determine uh, whether or not she gets her degree. I really hope that's not how that works. Again, I know nothing about college, but if I paid $40,000 for my kid to go there to do one painting to decide whether or not she uh, passes or fails, oh, <laughs> Oh, honey, <laughs> no, 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 she passed, and I will grab that professor by his scrawny, artsy-fartsy neck and squeeze it until she does pass. That's just me, though. Um, regardless, she's at home ruminating over the uh, ass-chewing and the humiliation she took from everybody in her class, and she's like, oh, God, I got to paint this thing. We're going to meet her next-door neighbor, a... Uh, what I assume to be a co- another college student named Sky, who is played by uh, Leah McKendrick, who also happened to be the writer of this film. Now, there's a problem here, my friends. Leah McKendrick is clearly in her mid-40s. So I would say that she is past... I mean, you could go back to college anytime you want, but like she's like part of the party scene, you know what I mean? Or at least that's the, the character that we are being sold with Sky is that she's like young and hip. She is not young, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Sky's like, they like share like opposite sides of a duplex. So they don't live together, but like you walk out of uh, Noelle's door, you make a sharp right, and you're right there at Sky's front door. So, and I think they share like a little hot tub area, kind of a common area. So they're pretty close, and they like borrow stuff from each other, and it's all good. Uh, Sky comes over and she's like, oh, Noelle, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, I just got shat on by everybody in my art school. Oh. <laughs> so uh, Sky's like, oh, well, you need, to, you need to branch out more. You need to get out there and live life and stop worrying about art school. <clears throat> she's like, you know what? You're right. So she goes and she starts uh, like walking around the campus trying to draw different things and like capture different stages of life or whatever the fuck artists do. I have no idea. Um, and then lo and behold, she happens upon Luke and Luke's like, Hey, what are you, what are you drawing there? Can I check it out? And she shows him and he's like, Oh, I actually really like this. Hey, we're having a little party at my house tonight. You want to come by? And she's like, 
oh my god, yes, I do. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, come on, bye. She goes home, kind of gets dolled up, but still in a very art school kind of a way, and then makes her way off to the party. Uh, there she has all of about three sips of beer, uh, starts talking to Luke, who is like the stud of art school, apparently, because all these other chicks and uh, a couple of gay guys are walking around and they're all wanting to get on Luke. And eventually Luke takes her up to his bedroom to show her something that he's been working on. Now, clearly, it's his boner, right? If, <laughs> if, you're, at a, if you're at a house party, at a college house party, and the guy takes you up to his bedroom, he's going to try to bang you. So, I think she probably would have been okay with it if he had just slowed his roll just a, just a little bit. Uh, he gets up there and he's like, hey, I decided I'm going to make ceramics now because I just I kind of feel like I'm moving away from painting, you know. So, check out my ceramic bric-a-brac. Here's, here's, some, here's a little puppy dog on me. <laughs> I feel like I could make fun of art school guys all day long, and it would, not, it would not, I'd be the only one laughing, but it would never get old to me. So anyway, he gets up there, and then he's like, oh, you're, you're really hot, you know, I really, I kind of want to go, so then he like kisses her once, and she's like, ah, look, and then he like kisses her again, and then he's like getting kind of forceful with it, and then he grabs her and throws her on the bed. And she specifically says no. Well, first she starts with, wait, 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 you know, calm your ass down. But then it's like, no, no, no. And then he like flips her over. And again, this is the part that I'm kind of having a little trouble buying. Well, I don't, I can't say for sure because I've never been raped. And I don't know what I would do if I was being raped. More to the point, if I was a female being raped by a male that I sort of trusted. Like in the case of uh, Noel here, uh, she kind of goes into a state of stunned disbelief and then, oh my God, what's happening? And then kind of, uh, I, before, like it's over before she can, it, I got the impression watching this that it was over before she could actually process what was happening. Cause it's very quick. It's a very quick scene too. Uh, he, uh, kind of manhandles her a little bit. Throws her down on the bed, uh, peels her panties off, peels his panties off, <laughs> and then starts having at her, and he's done in like 14 seconds flat. And then she's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, oh, that was really hot. <laughs> and then he gives her her clothes, and they both go back downstairs, and she immediately walks out the door and goes home and takes a rape shower, as she is wont to do. And he just continues on about the party. So... um. That I mean, it is rape. She specifically said no. She asked him repeatedly to wait, and then he. The more she said no, the more forceful he became. Um, but I don't feel like Luke. Again, I know nothing of rape, Jon Snow. So there's, and I, oh, God willing, I never will. But I kind of got the idea, and I don't know if the character was written this way or if it was. Um, just my interpretation of it, but I kind of felt like Luke didn't think he was raping her, per se. Like, she was an active participant, and because she didn't struggle enough or scream loud enough, that it was somehow consensual. Like, um, like he didn't, he didn't really have to, like, punch her in the face or anything like that. He did hold her down, 
I mean, it, the scene is clearly rape. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I don't, I don't, I'm by no means am I defending Luke, but I think somewhere in his artsy fartsy fucking jack off mind that he actually thought it was consensual. That doesn't make him a good guy. Obviously, it's still rape, and rape is rape. And once she says no, the uh, sum of the equation should be zero. I.e., we're done here, my dear, and I'm sorry. Uh, maybe we can have a share of Zima down the road or something. <laughs> I don't know. But um, she goes home, takes a rape shower. Now, after that, she, uh, like, kind of, cons- like, the next morning, Sky comes over, and she's like, oh, how was the party? And she's like, well, I kind of got raped. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, are you serious? And then um, Sky talks her out of going, basically out of telling anybody in a weird way. She says, don't call, don't tell the school, don't call the cops. And she's like, why would I not tell anybody? And she's like, Sky's like, well, I knew this girl who did it once. And uh, basically, she just got made fun of and nobody believed her. And it was terrible. Oh. And Noelle's like, uh well that's not me. I don't I don't care. I want some kind of atonement for this. As she should, right? So uh Noel goes and tells I guess a counselor at the school. Now, I know even less about college than I do rape, but my question here is why wouldn't you just go straight to the cops? And if uh, like if my daughter gets raped at college, I would encourage her to go from the scene of the rape directly to the police department or call from the scene of the rape, if that's a possibility. Uh, there's, I know that there's various tests that need to be done and things like that. It's, it's all a very disgusting mess. I, but at the same time, I understand not wanting to go through that either. Uh, Sky convinces her not to, tells her that, you know, it was one bad night. You'll be, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. Um, she goes and talks to, I guess, a school counselor. Which is strange to me that that would be your first go-to. Now, mind you, uh, at this point, probably over 24 hours have passed. So she goes and talks to the school counselor who is female and you think would be a more sympathetic uh, person to talk to about this. And the counselor basically tells her that, well, you were drinking. Nobody saw this happen. Uh, You said, wait. You didn't say no. And she's like, no, I said no. Yeah, but first you said, wait. And she's like, look, I was fucking raped, okay? And she's like, okay, well, we can call the cops and they can do a rape kit, but you've already taken a shower and it's been over 24 hours. So the school counselor basically tells uh, Noelle to kick rocks and maybe seek some kind of mental you know, counseling or like some kind of therapy. Now, come on. Come on, man. Are you serious? I really hope that this is some kind of a caricature of what college rape uh accusations is uh, is like and that it's not actually this uh dismissive because this is disgusting uh noelle's pissed as she should be because she feels like nobody's there to help her so she's like god fucking get the fucking asshole god luke i'm gonna fucking good as i as she should be so uh she's out walking around thinking you know in her post-traumatic stress lo and behold she gets a text from luke and Luke says, hey, want to hang out tonight? I want to show you my bric-a-brac again. <laughs> she doesn't say anything, but she shows up at the house where Luke is there all by himself. As he lets her in, uh, he's got a beer in, a, in, in one hand and he stops by a coffee table and picks up a joint. 
And then she's, he's like, hey, so you want to go upstairs and see my thing? And she's like, no, you fucking asshole. I want you to say you're sorry. And he's like, sorry for what, babe? I mean, how do you even be like this? And she's like, you raped me, you fucking asshole. And he's like, you know what? You're being really aggro right now, so I think you should just get out. Just get out of here. And she's like, I'm not leaving until you say you're sorry. So he starts walking up to his room. Uh, she follows him up there. Uh, once they get up to the top of the stairs, a weird little shoving match ensues where he's like trying to grab her and either throw her out or possibly rape her again. She does like a uh, quick shove and he goes over the second store balcony and lands on his head and cracks his head open like a grape or an egg, I guess I should say. An egg would be a better uh, metaphor for something cracking now that I think about it. But uh, regardless, his Brain blood is all over the, the French tile, and Luke is no longer part of this equation, my friends. Whoopsie! Now, a couple of things. Number one, good riddance to Luke. He's a rapist and a genuine artsy-fartsy fuckboy. Uh, number two, Noel could be in a serious amount of trouble considering... Uh, I mean, at the very least, that's like aggravated manslaughter, right? I mean, if it goes to trial, the jury will probably go easy on her. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, He was drunk, so she does the smart thing, cleans up everything that she touched, and gets the fuck out of there quickly and quietly. There was nobody else in the house, so she's good to go. Next day, the story breaks. Oh, my God, Luke is dead. What are we going to do? Uh, everybody in the art class is all distraught, to include the male professor, because he's a piece of shit also. Um they get the day off, and outside the class, uh, Noel gets questioned by a local detective, played by Clifton Collins Jr. He's like, Noel, is it? Let's have a little chit-chat about uh, Luke. Did you know him? Were you, I saw he. I went through his phone, I saw he texted you and asked you to come over. Did you go over there? She's like, yeah, she's really nervous. She's like fidgeting. It's clear to the detective that she's lying. And she's like, uh, yeah, I went over there. I don't know what happened. He wanted to hook up. I wasn't in the mood. He's kind of drunk and stoned. And I don't know what else he was on. He was acting really weird. So I got out of there. And he's like, huh, yeah, well, okay. He knows she's lying. He knows damn well that she's lying. But he also knows that even if this is murder, there's no fucking way that he's going to make it stick. There's all kinds of booze and drugs in Luke's system. Uh, there's the balcony just above. No other sign of foul play anywhere. So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a hard one to make stick. So, it looks like our girl Noelle is getting away Scott clean with this. Good for her. Fuck that guy anyway. So, she's out. She's out hanging. Uh, she's not really distraught with what she's done. But at this point... Her painting takes like a dramatic uptake. Like all of a sudden the professor's into her paintings. Uh, she's coming from a much darker perspective and, you know, putting all this uh, weird sex appeal into her paintings. It's very impressive, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so that's cool. Now she starts doing a little research, uh, looking around at, you know, possible other rape cases. She goes to a rape survivor, starts going to a rape survivor support group. Uh, turns out those chicks are... Not really into doing anything to stop rapes. Uh, instead, they're more into like talking about... I, I mean, they've got... I feel like their heart was in the right place, but they're not very proactive. Like, they wanted to um, uh, have the school pay for nail polish 
that detects drugs in uh, your 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 drink, like date rape drugs. So you could stir the drink with your finger, and if your nail polish change colors, that means somebody put something in there, which is sad if you ask me that chicks would need that. What? A, hey, <laughs> fellas, come on! You can get laid without having to uh, knock somebody out. You know what I'm saying? You, you can get a woman to have consensual sex with you. In my opinion, you would think that that would be much more rewarding because you had to work for that. It's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like earning a, uh, a trophy or something. I don't mean to put you in that kind of perspective, but you understand what I'm saying? Let's not use narcotics. Let's not use violence. Let's use some charm and maybe some good personal hygiene. That's all I'm saying, fellas. It can be done without, you know, any weird stuff. Anyway, she's not too impressed with the chicks in the rape survivor group. Uh, she keeps going, though, mainly to make fun of them. <laughs> and she's like, well, come on, guys. We got. How about we, we get a little more proactive with this? And they're like, uh, we're, we're sending a message and we're, getting, we're raising awareness. She's like, yeah, okay, you keep working on that there, sweet tits. Uh, she gets to Googling and she spots another case of student rape that happened at her very university uh, the year before. And it involved three frat boys and they actually videoed the entire thing where they drugged this poor young lady and they took turns with her and videotaped the whole thing. The videotape was confiscated and used as evidence, but the case got thrown out. Oh, you fucking assholes. You motherfuckers. The case got thrown out. Um, she's enamored with this. She can't get her mind off the victim, and she keeps watching the tape. I will say that the tape of the gang rape was much more brutal than what Noel actually went through. Uh, but again, three fat frat boys are going to be more on top of their rape game than one artsy fartsy dick bag from art school. If you, it, that's what I would assume anyway. So uh, that's pretty brutal. She watches the tape a bunch of times. She tracks down the victim uh, who is doing the best to get on with her life. And she gets her to sit down and talk. And she's like, what happened? The case got thrown out. Uh, they said that I was drinking, which I was, but they drugged me. And uh, because the, the video was kind of dark, they couldn't get a clear ID on which guys it was. And they wouldn't talk and all this shit. Uh, it becomes very, I mean, it's very clear to Noel which three guys it was that was responsible. So Noelle decides that she's going to go full Frank Castle on these punk asses. Oh, excuse me. And start hunting them like big game, which is actually pretty cool. So frat boy, frat party, that night, all the keggers, you know, all the drugs flying around, Noelle decides it's going down. So she, uh, she gets pretty sexy right here. And if I didn't mention it already, uh, Francesca Eastwood is pretty easy at the body on that one. Holy cow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she gets, she puts on a pink wig and a mask, like a Mardi Gras mask, and she heads on over to the party there, and she's, uh, you know, walking around, flirting with everybody, giving everybody the come fuck me eyes. Uh, she spots one of her frat boys, takes him upstairs, acts like she's going to have sex with him, roofies him. Uh, puts a roofie in his beer. Uh, he starts, you know, oh, I gotta, gotta get some water. I gotta get some water. I don't feel good. She's like, oh, you need some water, do you? And then she roofies him again and just basically ODs his ass while she sits on his chest 
and uh, he chokes to death on his own vomit, which is awesome. Good for him. Uh, fuck that guy anyway. She then uh, quickly takes all of his clothes off like he was maybe be post-coitus or something like that and slips right out of there. And again, the same cops get called to that scene and they're like, well, this is a clear case of uh, asphyxiation, uh, alcohol-induced vomit asphyxiation, right? Nothing we can do here. But Clifton Collins Jr., detective on board, is like, oh no, something ain't right here. <laughs> Shit. Well, other than that, at this point, Noelle is in good shape. She's got two bodies on her record. They're both piece of shit rapists. And uh, no evidence, really, to suggest that she's involved with anything. The The cops question everybody at the party, just in case. They all say the same thing. Uh, there was a hot chick with a pink wig and a mask, and they went upstairs, and then she came down, and that was that. So even if they did pin that on Noel, she would just say, hey, yeah, uh, we went up there, tried to have sex with him, and he uh, kind of fell asleep, and I walked away. I don't know what happened after that. I gotta had to go. So, at this point, if she continues on this trajectory, she's in pretty good shape. Uh, from there, she spots she kind of starts stalking around the uh, the frat house, and she spots uh, shitbag rapist number two. And this part's kind of weird, and I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened here, but. Uh, they're having like the big wake for shitbag rapist number one, and they're all having like a, you know, sad, a sad kegger. <laughs> they're all still getting fucking hammered, but it's a sad one. And instead of like grabbing asses and playing pool, they're all just kind of sitting on the couch. Uh, she finds her way in there, spots shitbag rapist number two, and then, uh, like slips into the bathroom with him when he goes in there to take a leak and he's like, Hey, what are you doing in here? You sexy girl. And I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened other than she need him in the nuts. And then I think she might have choked him out with his own belt or something. I don't know, but she slipped out of there unseen just as detective Clifton Collins jr. Makes his way in there to ask some more questions of those dudes. He actually discovers the body. So he's like, oh, shit, okay, well, now this is clearly murder, and uh, I think I see what's happening here, so this is kind of fucked up. Uh, now, they're not quick enough to put together the three suspects in the other girl's rape, and because shitbag rapist number one is still technically an accidental death or suicide, um, I don't think that they're on the murder look on the lookout for a murderer just yet. But then we go to shitbag rapist number three, who happens to be some kind of an athlete or a track star or something. Uh, he's at the track running laps. Uh, she's in the stands watching him. This is late at, well, not late at night, but kind of later in the in the afternoon. Uh, she slips into the men's locker room after him and hits him in the head with a hammer and kills him. Now, this is clearly murder. And I don't know what her plan was here, maybe to look make it look like he slipped in the shower, but she just went in there with a hammer and just went to town on his ass. Good, good for her, fuck him. But at the same time, Noel, you're getting sloppy now, babe, and you're going to get caught. So fucking take it easy, all right? Just ch- ch- just chill it out. Put a little more uh, thought into this. Uh, so that's pretty pretty gnarly. But now Clifton Collins Jr. is on the case, and he is, you know, and now he's looking for a murderer, and he doesn't know who to pin this on. He starts asking questions to the three fuckboys uh, or I mean frat boys, well, they're fuck boys too. The three frat boys rape victim, and she's like, no, you have to talk to my attorney. I don't want to deal with you. 
And uh, at this point, Noelle comes home one night after one of her painting sprees, and she almost hooks up with another dude, but they, like, she, like, is being sexually aggressive towards him. Like, she kind of, like, makes the move on this poor guy and, like, is, like, making out with him. And he's like, oh, okay, I I, I mean, all right, I guess we're going to do this. And then he, like, she pulls him down on top of her, and then he slides his hand between her legs, and then she freaks out and kicks him off her and tells tells him to get out of her house. So there's clearly some PTSD involved here in in Noelle's case. After that guy leaves... The neighbor, Sky, or actually Noelle goes into the neighbor's house to talk to her about it, and Sky is in there cutting herself with a razor. And she's like, Oh my god, I don't want and Noelle's like, What the hell's wrong with you, man? Take it easy there. So they have like a little cuddle session there in Sky's bedroom or whatever it is. And again, it's very hard. I'm sorry, and I maybe I'm too caught up in appearances, but the actress that played Sky had to be in her mid to late forties. And we're supposed to buy her as like a um, college party girl, I think, is what we're going for. Like a free-spirited college girl. It, it doesn't make – it's very off-putting because she had a very old face. So it's, I don't know. Maybe it just kind of pulled me out of the whole situation. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, she's like, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh, they cuddle and uh, – it, it's all good. They're kind of bonding, these two, uh, Noelle and Skye. Uh, the next night, Noelle starts doing a little Google search, and she's thinking she's going to find some more rapists to go kill there at uh, her college. And she happens upon another case, a case of Daisy somebody or other. And it looks like whoever Daisy was, she was raped, but almost immediately thereafter dropped the charges. She filed charges on her rapist, uh, identify, identified the rapist, but immediately dropped the charges afterward, and all the web articles have been taken down since then. So now Noelle's like, well, I'm going to go find this rapist guy and, and probably kill him too. So she does like a little flirty kind of a thing. She goes to the campus records uh, office, whatever that is, and gets, oh, God, this scene right here, dude. Uh, Francesca Eastwood wearing like a midriff with no bra, Jet black hair and a ponytail goes in there and flirts up the uh, the horny guy behind the counter. He lets her take whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> As would I. You come in there looking like that. Go ahead, sweetie. Uh, t- hey, uh, can I help you? Want, you want me to help you load this into your car? I'll follow you to your house if you want to and help you unload it from your car to your house. Whatever you want me to do. Um, anyway... Uh, she gets in there and she starts going through campus records. She eventually uh, p- finds the file on this Daisy chick that got raped, opens it up, and sure as shit, it's actually Sky. So Sky's nickname on the file, or Daisy, excuse me, Daisy has a, a alias listed on the file as Sky. Sometimes she goes by Sky. And now she only goes by Sky. She doesn't go by Daisy anymore. And there's a picture of her in there, like, taken by the campus police. And whoever raped her, like, fucking roughed her up pretty good. She had, like, a black eye and a bloody nose and stuff. So that's pretty gnarly. Uh, Noel does track down the suspect. The main suspect, or I guess whoever it was that did this to her, and we, she's got a name and an address on him. That's great. And uh, 
at this point, it's it's pretty clear what's going to happen next, right? She's going to go and fucking kill this guy in probably some gruesome fashion. And that's what basically attempts, that's what, what we're, we're, the direction that we're headed. So she goes over to this dude's house, and this time, god damn, son, it's Francesca Eastwood again with her jet black hair. This time she's wearing a wife beater. I have a weakness for women in wife beaters. Ask my wife. If she puts one on, she has to fight me off with a broom handle. I swear to God. I don't know what it is about well-endowed young ladies in wife beaters, but they, I, I, that's, that's, that's my jam, dude. And she rolled up in the, in the wife beater, and she's like, uh, after the guy's girlfriend leaves, she knocks on his door, and she's like, uh, uh, sorry to bother you. Um, I've got a flat tire over here in my car. It's right here, and I've never changed a tire before. Do you think you can help me? And he's like, uh, yup. <laughs> You showed up in my house wearing a wife, looking like you do, wearing a wife beater. I, you can have my car. Take my car. Go ahead. Uh, so he goes out there to help her with the flat tire. She, of course, tases him and throws him in the trunk. And then she takes him back to the college campus, uh, to the gymnasium. Apparently, this guy was some kind of a basketball stud. Uh, ties him to a chair and uh, like starts interrogating him. But while that's going on, uh, the horny guy from earlier that worked in Campus Records is taking one of the chicks from her rape survivor support group uh, on like a weird campus tour. Like, I don't know, like campus security kind of a thing. Lo and behold, those two decide to just start making out full force right in the middle of the uh, the quad or whatever it is. At, in between, uh, you know, tongue hockey sessions, the chick notices some blood on the on the, the way into the gymnasium. So she's like, oh my God, there's blood. So the guy's like, hey, wait here. I'm going to call for backup. So he calls for backup. Lo and behold, in comes Clifton Collins Jr. and his partner, which is kind of weird because what the hell are they doing on campus in the middle of the night to begin with? But they're like right around the corner. They just come running into the gymnasium. Uh, she, Noelle has to think quickly. So she delivers this guy like two, uh, hammer strokes to the head, uh, and then just hauls ass out of there. She doesn't have time to fuck around because the cops are coming in right now. She goes hauling ass out of there. Um, they lose her like in the dark and she makes it back to her apartment. She very quickly, you know, gets out of the wife beater and kind of cleans herself up, makes sure that the hammer is gone. Uh, she's like, oh, okay, I think I'm okay. She goes, uh, next door to see Sky, and she's like, hey, what's happening? Everything's cool. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, but the next day, the Clifton Collins Jr. rolls up on Sky, and he's like, hey, man, you know that dude that you accused of rape? Uh, somebody hit him in the head three times with a hammer. Did not kill him, though. He's in, uh... He's unconscious. He's over at the uh, the you know the hospital. He's going to come to any minute, and I got a feeling he's going to identify you as the campus killer, Chiquita. And she's like, "You have to talk to my attorney. I'm not going to talk to you, copper." So um, after that, Sky gets real curious. Noelle is at her art showing for her big master's art piece or whatever it is, and she's kicking ass at it, by the way. And uh, her art professor, who was previously a real cocksucker, is now asking her to speak at graduation because he's so impressed with her artwork now. Um, while that's going on, Sky gets real curious, and she's like, what's going on with Noelle? So she goes into Noelle's place and starts looking around. Sure as shit, she finds the bloody wife beater and the hammer. 
So she's like, oh, fuck. Noelle comes home, gets confronted by Skye. She's like, what did you do? You killed him, and now they're going to run me through the ringer again. So basically what we're saying here is that Skye didn't want – the reason she dropped the charges is because she wanted all of this to go away. She wanted to get on with her life. And through all of the police interrogations and all of the rape kits and all the other, you know, going to trial and all that shit, it, like every time that came up, she felt like she was reliving the rape all over again. And I could see, I mean, I would prefer that justice be done, but at the same time, I could see why you would rather just fucking move on with it. You know what I mean? And now she's royally pissed at Noelle because Noelle went out and did this. And now she's like, now I'm going to have to go through all this shit again. My name's going to be in the paper. My face is going to be in the paper. I'm going to have to relive the whole thing. How could you do this to me? And Noelle's like, uh, I thought I, uh, well, I don't, I thought I killed him. I don't know. Um, so basically Noelle says, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. I am so sorry. I'm going to go and turn myself in first thing in the morning and uh, then you will not be, you'll be expunged from all of this and it won't have anything to do with you. Hopefully, I didn't think this through, I guess is basically what I'm saying. So the next morning rolls around, Noel goes next door to see Sky, and over the, the previous night, Sky has full on committed suicide by slashing her own wrists and has bled out on the uh, the bathroom floor, but... Here's the real kicker. She left a suicide note identifying herself as the campus killer. So she's going to take full blame for all the murders. Uh, so Noelle gets to walk. And um, yeah, that's uh, and now she's dead. So that's a real motherfucker. Um, Noelle does a quick cleanup job, hides the uh, suicide note, calls the cops. The cops come over, go through everything, trying to figure out what the hell. I feel like Clifton Collins thought that he might have actually had his murderer with Skye. Like she did it and now she feels real guilty. She feels like the, you know, the, the trap is, the noose is tightening, so to speak. So she took the easy way out, but she killed herself. So this is like an open and shut case for Clifton Collins, you would think. Um, unfortunately, uh, that is graduation day and Noel goes and delivers her big speech. Unfortunately, as that's happening, our victim number four or number five, I guess, comes to and identifies Noel as the attacker and they arrest her immediately after graduation as soon as she's done with her speech and drag her off in front of everybody. And that's the end of your movie. That was MFA, my friends. It's a pretty good show if you're in the mood for rape revenge. And it's hard to be in the mood <laughs> for rape revenge. Um, I'm glad this month is over. This is a pretty good show. I, would, I don't know that I would call it a horror movie, more of a uh, rape revenge drama, I guess, in a weird way. I mean, there is murder in it, so there's that. But then there's also rape. There's that, too. Um it's not a bad show. I found this on uh, Amazon Prime. Um, check it out if you want to. You will, in fact, see Francesca Eastwood naked in this. And that is a sight to behold, my friends. Yes. I'm going to take uh, myself a break, and I will come back with some other stuff in a few.
sipping purple chongos. The lungs were trouble, but it always seems to find us. 40 gripping panties, sipping at a scene that right behind us. Quick left, one blow KO. Hit the road to the next episode. In the saga of a few fellas. Oh, what the hell? I guess I better tell ya. It's Friday night, I got a brand new kit on. I bet the heat for me to get bent on. Hit the country club to pick up MLA West. Back to the hotel.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. Yeah. You know what I was just thinking? Has there ever been a rape movie about a chick that rapes a guy? I don't think there has been. There's been like, you know, chicks cutting off wieners and things like that. But that's not really rape, per se. I'm talking about like a crazy bitch that like knocks dudes out or I don't know, like like holds them at gunpoint and makes them fuck her or something like that. Is that has that been done before? Or uh, holds them down like like a gang of chicks even. That would that would be something. Like a gang rape. Like a gang gang of chicks raping a dude. I feel like like if that actually ha I know I'm pretty sure that's never happened in real life, but if that happened to me, it would happen once and then the rest of the movie would be me trying to recreate the instance in which that happened. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be at the same bar every night. Hey, here I am again, ladies. I'm just a filthy man pig. I'm just a fucking jerk off. Look at me. (laughs) Me and my disgusting wiener over here. We really need to be taught a lesson, girls. Are you here? Is anybody here? (laughs) It would be a very boring movie now that I think about it, but... If any, have you guys ever seen that? Is there a movie out there that follows that premise? I don't think there is. Uh, it's probably be a hard sell to to get that one made. Anyway, enough about me. Um, you guys, are you ready? Are you ready for the Terra Dome? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. To the Terradome. First, last week's winners. In singles competition, we had Sill, the extremely hot alien from Species, versus the Wolfman. Where, there it is. The wolf gnashed and clawed, occasionally striking home and severing a tentacle, but was quickly met with another. Thick ichor sprayed from Sill, landing on thick fur. Then it began to harden, and the wolf was motionless within Sill's cocoon. With a vote of 7-3, to three, Sill advances over the wolfman, 
Uh, don't think I don't know what's happening here, cowboy. You're out there pandering to these fucking people, getting them to vote for Syl so that I have to keep writing this horror erotica for you, sir. I know what's really going on. I know what's happening here, cowboy. Well, good thing Monica's not here, or you'd have me have her read it real slow into the microphone, you son of a bitch. Alright, let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? Get rid of that. <clears throat> we are in the Inferno Conference round eleven. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not. I'm not a writer. I don't normally do this sort of thing. Uh, here we go. The New York City night had gone silent at last. After the past few weeks of intense violence and brutality, a quiet calm had settled in. The murders were attributed to the publicly disgraced NYPD officer Matthew Cordell. Now that the bodies were being identified, his choice of targets had become clear. All of the dirty cops and criminals that had participated in his imprisonment, all but one. Thousands of miles away in a small West Texas town, a recently transplanted patrolman watched the New York situation unfold nervously. With the Big Apple killing over and Cordell still at large, Deputy Sykes knew the maniac cop would be headed his way. More to worry about than the local crime spree from the deranged family. Grave robbings and desecrations, and now a local girl in his holding cell raving about cannibals. The stuff Sykes left New York to get away from. We have, in the Inferno Conference, Leatherface versus the Maniac Cop. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm taking the Maniac Cop on this one. And there is a number of reasons that I can point you towards. Uh, First off undead right there's no evidence to suggest that leatherface is undead or in any way supernaturally powered there is however quite a bit to suggest that about the maniac cop matthew cordell uh reason number two firearms he has no problem shooting somebody leatherface doesn't know how to use any firearms that we know of that i recall uh all he has is the chainsaw which is scary as shit i'll give you that but it's not a fucking ak-47 my friends uh, reason number three, Matthew Cordell can drive a car while he's on fire. All right. The car's not on fire. He's on fire in the driver's seat, driving the fucking car. Uh, what does Leatherface do? He dances. He's got some sick moves. I'll give you that, but it's still just dancing. And as we know, Sawyers are very much susceptible to motor vehicles. See, uh, the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, if you will. That is your Terradome matchup for the weekend, mates. It's the Maniac Cop versus Leatherface. Get me your votes by next week if you can. Again, the mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275 or on the regular old email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. In the meantime, I do believe it is time for me to tell you which movies I've got to watch over the past two weeks in a little segment I like to call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Uh, Let's see here. Paranormal Activity Next of Kin Kin from 2021. So I finally made it through the entire franchise. Uh, Actually, I made it through the franchise right after I was done with Ghost Dimension. Because Next of Kin has nothing to do with anything at all whatsoever. 
No mention of the midwives, no mention of Katie or Hunter or Christy or any of the people that we have come to know and love in the Paranormal Activity franchise. This is clearly a cash grab by the studio to retain the rights to the franchise. And I fucking hate it when they do this shit. Um, Look no further than the Hellraiser franchise. Pretty much every movie after Bloodline has been a cash grab just to, for somebody to keep the rights to Hellraiser. They have to make a movie every so many years. Otherwise, the rights are uh, defaulted back to the previous owner. So thus, they just make throw out there a shitty horror movie. Uh, here's a cop drama. Let's call it Hellraiser cop drama. Shove Doug Bradley in there in the pinhead makeup and somehow, I don't know, we get to keep the rights. That's exactly what we have here, except with paranormal activity. Um, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's not good. It's not a good show, my friends. I'm sorry. I wish it was. Uh, I could I could tolerate a bad horror movie, but if it was somehow had something to do with paranormal activity, this has nothing. This has nothing to do with anything. So I'm going to implore you to skip this one. That's just my opinion. Uh, 10 Minutes to Midnight from 2020. Um, stars, speaking of Texas Chainsaw Ma- Massacre, Caroline Williams starring in this one as a uh, late night DJ who gets bit by a vampire. This one's pretty wacky, man. A lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs and what the hell and which reality are we living in here? I don't know. Uh, it's not that great, but. If it's something you want to watch, go ahead, check it out. Uh, The Crow, City of Angels from 1996. Uh, Like I mentioned last time, I went ahead and scooped this one up on Blu-ray. It's not as bad as I remember, to be honest with you. It's actually not that bad at all. I will say, unfortunately, it is almost the exact... It's almost almost the first movie, just with different people. Uh, You have... It's the exact same plot line. The only difference, really, is that... um, Instead of a guy and his wife getting killed, this time it's a guy and his son getting killed, and uh, it takes place in L.A. And there's like a bizarro color palette (laughs) that goes with this. I've been to L.A. many times. I can tell you for sure it does not look anything like that. I kind of wish it did. That looked much more interesting than the actual L.A. Uh, The Strings from 2020 found this guy on Shudder. Um, slow burn, very slow, um, kind of reminded me of lovely Molly, but a lot less sexy. Uh, you basically have this musician chick who goes and stays at her aunt's old dilapidated house, gets into a weird, uh, relationship with a photographer and they go to a haunted lighthouse, but then she suffers some kind of a supernatural uh, attachment from there and it starts fucking with her and playing with her um, like her dreams and her nightmares and all kinds of shit it's it's very melodramatic um, it's fine it's 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 got some creepy moments I will say that and if you are into bleak Canadian horror this is a good place for you uh, speaking of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I watched that from 1974. That's a, that's a Thanksgiving tradition here in the uh, padded room that me and my family watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And by that, I mean I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they all leave the room and find something better to do. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's what we do. I don't know. Lastly, I watched the special from 2020. 
Now, let me tell you about the special from 2020. I found this on Amazon Prime, and let me give you a little synopsis here. Uh, this guy and his buddy go to a uh, brothel where they ask for the special. And the special, for the special, you go into a room, and there's a box about the size of a bowling bag sitting on a table with a hole in it and a sign that says, stick it in here. So apparently when you stick it in there, it's the best orgasm you ever had in your life. And once this guy does it, he becomes addicted to the dick in the box. So he goes back to the brothel the next day, kills the madam, and steals the box. Uh, from then, like his life goes into this downward spiral because he just can't stop fucking the box. <laughs> I know, I know. And this is why I had to watch it. Because when I read this synopsis, I said... Well, I can't, it's like a car accident, you know? I have to, I don't want to look at it, but I have to now because I know it's a car accident. So uh, from there, he con contracts some kind of a weird um, STD from the box. Eventually, he opens the box. And uh, I'm not going to ruin it. I don't want to spoil this for you because I feel like this needs to be viewed by somebody other than me. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of dick in the box action. <laughs> Check it out if I have piqued your curiosity. I would love to get somebody else's thoughts on that if anybody else has seen it. Or if you get a chance this week, check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, that's all I'm looking at, kids. How about some immersion therapy, yeah? Immersion therapy. No one gets out alive from 2021. Um, I felt like I would have liked this movie much more if Buddy hadn't ruined the ending, ending for me. But that being said, I still thought it was a pretty solid show. Very atmospheric. Um, a very intense sense of dread. I like it when the ghosts of victims get involved. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I've, I know I've talked about it before, but I always thought that there should be a ghosts of crystal Lake kind of a movie or some kind of a haunted camp count haunted, uh, summer camp situation. And then at the very end, you find out it's crystal Lake and these are all the, of Jason's victims or something like that. I like it when that happens. Um, we got a little bit of that here. Uh, the speaking of weird shit in the box, Look at that. <laughs> Look at this fucking thing in the box in the basement. That was a nasty uh, creature. I like the creature effects. Um, pretty good stuff. I liked it a lot. Um, I would recommend this, but it's it's something you, you can't really watch while you are folding the laundry. You got to sit down and pay attention to this one because there's a lot of subtle nuances, a lot of atmospheric changes, things like that. Uh, a lot of that can be lost on you if you're not giving it your full and undivided attention. Or if you're watching it like in the middle of the day, uh, that's going to be hard to do. You need to wait. Watch this one at night by yourself. I think that's the best way to go. Uh, what is your immersion therapy for this week? You might be wondering. I'm wondering the same. Well, this week it's going to be Spontaneous from 2020, starring Catherine Langford and Charlie Plummer. This one's directed by Brian Duffield. Um, 
I've tried repeatedly to watch this movie, and now I'm going to force myself to get all the way through it. Hopefully you'll join me. You can find this son of a bitch streaming on Hulu. So uh, go ahead and check that out, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. But now I'm afraid we must educate Darian. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. Well, we were off to a pretty solid Halloween night. We went on a little hayride and we were going to camp out. Goddamn if the farmer didn't happen to uproot the wrong tree and let loose one of the first fucking zombies. Now this handsy prick is all over the place, grabbing all up on uh, hot naked ladies and creating a zombie apocalypse of his own. I'm talking about Flesh Eater, of course, the Bill Hinsman classic. (laughs) Apparently, I'm not the only one that's seen this movie. If you can get past the creepy, touchy-feely stuff, it's actually, for an 80s zombie movie, it's not that bad. I kind of fell in love with it until I read what I read about Bill Hinsman. It's still not a bad show. Um, it's not like he's a rapist. He just liked to, to feel up on the ladies, right? Or maybe, I don't know. I mean, he wrote the scenes, and uh, the actresses involved obviously signed off on it. So it was consensual to that degree, albeit highly unnecessary to the plot of the movie. But whatever. It, uh, it doesn't need to uh, to ruin the, the guy's memory or anything. He's passed on. Uh, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I'll tell you what, I am a uh, bored housewife uh, of an upscale businessman who's always away, and I was at a uh, lunch party the other day, and I heard my friends talking about witchcraft. So I thought I would go and give it a whirl at the local witch witchy witch store and bought a bunch of crap and tried out one of the love spells on my daughter's boyfriend. He damn near banged my brains out. Well, if that worked, I wonder if I can use it to uh, get rid of my husband somehow. Who might I be? I will fill you in next week. That's a tough one. I feel like not a lot of people have seen this movie. But think about it, inmates, and I'll uh, drop some knowledge on you next week. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and squeeze the trigger on a Christmas horror month. Um I don't know if we've ever done one of those, or if we have, it hasn't been for a very long time. So I'm going to be dropping some Christmas horror movies that you might not think of as Christmas horror movies Um, all next month. I'm going to start it off with The Children from 2008. Technically, not well, you think Christmas horror movie, you immediately jump to like a uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, some kind of a Santa Claus killer type of a dude. This is a whole other shit, but it's very Christmas centric. Uh, the Children from 2008 next week for me, kicking off Christmas Horror Month here in the padded room. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening and bearing with me while I took Thanksgiving off. Um, We do have a Patreon campaign running, if anybody gives a shit. $5 donation will get you a travel mug, a padded room t-shirt, and control of the month of, I guess, January now. Um, 
You can find that link at paddedroompodcast.com along with any information you need about us, how to get a hold of us, how to get a hold of our subsidiary programs. Tim and the Horror for Dummies Posse have their link up there also, I believe. And uh, yeah, that's where it is. That's where it. All, that's where you go. That's the place to be right there, paddedroompodcast.com. In the meantime, for Buddy in Absentia, Monica also in Absentia, Tentacles, and you know I love them, um, horror TV shows that have been renewed for a second season, sequels that we didn't see coming, remakes that we did see coming, uh, horny zombies, you know? I mean, you wouldn't think that a zombie would still be into that sort of thing. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. <laughs>